What's up, Gravel family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel. We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season. We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family. This podcast was sponsored by Lauf Cycles. The Lauf Segla is a truly industry-leading gravel bike, boasting 57 millimeters of tire clearance, incredible rearing compliance, and the iconic Lauf fork with 30 millimeters of maintenance-free front-end travel. The Lauf Segla is one of the best all-around gravel bikes on the market. The Lauf Segla proves you can have comfort, speed, be lightweight, and still remain incredibly affordable. Lauf builds start under $2,600, and most builds are thousands of dollars less than similar builds of other brands. Lauf has supported Gravel World since 2016, and we're so thankful for their support of the Gravel Family Podcast. To order your Lauf Segla delivered directly to your door, please go to www.laufcycling.com. That's L-A-U-F cycling.com. All right, what's up, Gravel family? I'm Jason. And I'm Sophia. And we're back for another Champions edition of the podcast. Really excited to have our next champion on. So um, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good podcast, I think. This this is a double champion now. We've Ooh, got... We've yes. got she went back to back here yeah. just within a few weeks. So yeah, this is going to be a really good podcast. We're really excited to have her on. I've wanted her on for a long time her and her husband and it's kind of one of those uh dan hughes situations where i keep asking and then forget to actually schedule anything we so. just never make it happen now we have <laughs> now it's finally happening so um this next guest has been a pro cyclist for over 10 years riding at the world tour level she's raced road mountain bike track esports and gravel pretty much anything with two wheels or i guess indoors it doesn't even have two wheels so she's <laughs> she's raced it uh 2023 she got 18th at uci road worlds uh also 2023 she just won the first u.s national gravel championships and of course she is our captain of the gravel seas for 2023 our garmin gravel worlds 2023 champion welcome to the podcast lauren stevens thanks for having me oh it's good to finally have you on how are you feeling after a very successful late august early september yeah um it was great i feel like i own nebraska now <laughs> oh man that, that's a big statement oh man i mean it's kind of true though at this point she, you went you went gravel worlds and usa national gravel champion back to back that's yeah pretty uh, one uh you you own the west side and the east state uh, east side of the state so now we just got to yeah. get you like a central nebraska race to crush yeah, just send it my way. <laughs> I guess we'll have to get Odin's revenge back Ooh, going. That's right. Get some OG. There, there aren't any really any Central Nebraska races left. I don't think that no. I could think of. There was there was one called Odin's Revenge. It was actually my first gravel race ever. That was really really cool. Nice. It was kind of like the perfect blend of what you experienced on the west side of the state, and then with gravel worlds, it's kind of like right in the middle. So really cool landscapes. Uh, but not as sandy as I think it probably was on the west side of the state. So 
But let's go into the gravel nationals. Like I, I haven't really gotten to get a race breakdown or red one yet. So how did the race go? Uh, we know how it ended because you won. But how, how, what was the whole day or whole weekend like out there for the first gravel national championships? Yeah, first there was a lot of unknown going into it that we were going to have a women's only race where there was no drafting from the men. Um, we were going to have, you know, officials out there being sure that was, that was the case. And also like that they would be getting out of our way, um, as we caught like other race distances or, um, things like that. So we had around 25 ladies, which, you know, I feel like that it was enough, like, you know, for sure we want to see more, but we still had a solid race, um, cinch came out firing from the guns which just kind of got things rolling um which was great um and even got a solo rider up the road that got at least three minutes if not more i think i read that tori was like five minutes ahead at one point until the nasty um sand section right yeah so around so i'm sorry all my stuff's like in kilometers yeah, you're, just she's, she's a real like cyclist where she's raced so much like her brain works in kilometers so <laughs> she's not even like american can you wear the the stars and stripes if you can't even do miles like come on i mean i drive <laughs> in miles and i ride my bike in kilometers okay there you okay, go. You okay, got balance. okay. <laughs> um yeah so around 50k we hit the first minimal maintenance road um that was quite sandy and from that section is what established the breakaway that I found myself in the rest of the day. Um, and it was not what I expected, um, going into the race, like all of a sudden I'm in this breakaway with all the mountain bikers and a little bit of me is like, okay, I think actually, I think this is kind of good cause I probably got more endurance. <laughs> yeah. You got the, you got the long distance and what about, I, and then if it came down to a sprint, like I would guess you would have more, way more sprint experience because it ends on road. Yeah. You know, that, that was actually the part was making me a little more nervous though, because like any of the gravel race, gravel racers that come from road, like for sure, I felt like I had a better sprint than, but when it comes to the mountain bikers, they have such good anaerobic power that yeah, I was, I didn't want to take any of them to the line. <laughs> That's awesome. So how, so after mile 30 or 50 kilometers, I'm sorry, after that, uh, <laughs> did you have, uh, was it like five or six in the break or how many were in the break with you? Initially we were five, um, pretty quickly we came down to four. Um, but it was just incredible. We worked so well together. Um, you know, some riders were struggling at different times, but we just knew with all that wind, um, we, when we established our breakaway, we were in a tailwind, but then we soon hit crosswind and then we're going to be in headwind for the next few hours. Mm -hmm. Um, so we all knew it was really important to stick together and work well together. And and that's what we did. Um, Was it? Oh, sorry. It wasn't until after the private aid station. Um, that we hit like a long road climb um, that Alexis and I got away just after that. Um, and that's what really started to break up the race. So, I mean, until mile 95, we were working like a four-man team. Wow, that's, that's really incredible. impressive. 
What what was the like? Were you having conversations during that? Like we were, or was it kind of just a typical? It it fell through to work with four people, and you were working together. Were you having conversations like, okay, this is this is the race here. Let's all work together to make sure it happens. Or was there kind of other games silently being played there? Probably. Yeah, in the beginning, we definitely were talking like, hey, come on, let's go. We got a group like. Um, and I, like, I looked behind us as we like crest a hill and saw that like everyone was spaced out individually. Um, it took a long time for us to get updates because there's just a lot going on out there um, of like time gaps and stuff. But eventually we got like a two minute time gap to a solo rider, which we found out was Lauren De Crescenzo later on. And then it was probably five minutes to a, like a group of seven, they said. And then it felt like maybe 10 minutes later, they came and updated us again. And they said that the solo rider was at a minute and a half and nobody said anything to each other, but we definitely picked the pace up. You could see that we were like, Oh wait, we we got, we got to keep pushing. Um, Everyone's like, go, go, go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, LDC is really good at closing those gaps. Like that's, she's won and come back from a lot of races. So in high, like you didn't know it was her at the time, but yeah, that's probably a smart call to be like, all right, we got to put the gas on here. Yeah. So that was really incredible just to, just to see the commitment that we all had, you know, like I said, everyone was hurting at different points or struggling at different points, but in the end it, it was the best situation for the best result for each of us that were in that group. That's awesome. And then when, um, so then like 95 mile or at mile 95, so you have, uh, what, 30, 30 miles left. Was it 130? 130 was the total? Yeah. 130 was the total. So then it's down to two of you. When, when did the, did you guys come down to a sprint or how did it finish at the end? Well, actually, even just before it split up to Alexis and I, um, I had a slow leak in my front tire. Um, oh no. Pretty sure it was some you know, there was a lot of goat heads out there. So pretty sure it was a goat head situation. Um, So I stopped to throw some CO2 in and that was just before we started the pavement climb. And I could tell like they were, it seemed like they were kind of waiting on me, but yeah, I think Alexis wanted to wait on me. And then the other two were like, Oh, we got to get to the top of this hill. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Try to, um, trying to stay with me um so I, I caught back up to them pretty quickly after that and then um yeah I gave it a little just tester attack like didn't go all in but just kind of like over the top it's a little steep just to see what would happen and yeah that's when Alexis and I got away and um Crystal and Jenna we looked, I looked back and, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, they were, they were tired and hopefully they can get together and, um, you know, fight it out for third. So yeah, Alexis and I just, I asked her if she wanted to roll and she was like, wait, what's that mean? And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, not biker. <laughs> <laughs> so then you I put the like, hammer. You got you... a gap. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So then it broke down to the two of you. And then how long, how was it pretty much to the end there? Well, so then again, I had to throw some more air in, um, and Alexis actually slow rolled, um, and waited on me while I did that. 
Um, I did that on like a pavement section that was just before the final climb. And so I caught back up to her just as the gravel started and the climb was pretty gradual at first and then it gets pretty steep towards the top. And I, I was actually, I, my plan all race was to attack on that climb, but a little bit in my heart was like, man, this girl has waited on me twice. Like I feel mm-hmm. really bad to attack and you know, those emotions come in, but luckily she attacked first. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. A little spice in the race with. Yeah, so she attacked towards the bottom of the that steep climb, and I went over the top of her and just didn't look back. Just I just went as hard as I could, and in my head, I was like, if she's still here, I don't care. I'm just going to go as hard as I can <laughs> and see That's how much awesome. I can hurt her. How much, how much um, time or how much was left at that point? So at that point it was about 20 K to go. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So still a good climb. amount. Still like 30 yeah. minutes or so. Yeah, it was still 30, 45 minutes to go. Um, and yeah, I soloed from that point. Uh, so what was the final gap between you two? Honestly, I didn't even look, but I, it was two or three minutes maybe. Okay nice yeah that's that's super impressive so what did what do you like better with climbing because you've mentioned a few of the really steep climbs out in your gearing do you like the rollers like we have here near lincoln or do you really like just getting it over with and having a steep climb and then it's fairly flat for portions or the really long ones (laughs) or the really really long climbs i like really really long climbs or like some steep climbs with flat after um y'all's rollers are terribly hard death (laughs) by a thousand hills they're and like with as slow as the gravel was um when we raced a couple weeks ago like there was no recovery either like normally like we're doing pre-ride and you can you got like a good draft going down the hills so you could get some recovery but I mean, I just felt like we were riding in quicksand. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's switch gears. Um, we, I guess, we've already congratulated you on Gravel Nationals. You've also won Gravel Worlds, um, just just before. So, what what did your what was your Gravel Worlds experience? We kind of already started, but obviously, it rained a lot the morning of the race. That was completely unexpected. Um, made the everything super soft and everything, but yeah. So, what was your gravel world experience here in Lincoln? Yeah, so that was my first time to do that long of a race. <laughs> so I was a bit terrified. Um, I'd never, yeah, raced 150 miles. Um, I actually did y'all's race gravel worlds to be sure that I could survive 130 miles, um, at nationals. And then, yeah, so y'all start was, uh, pretty crazy. Um, it was raining and I mean, the dark starts always intimidating, um, in a group, but then it was also raining on us. So it just made it even more crazy, but Honestly, it was less scary than being in a world tour peloton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure where you have a hundred, hundred of you, like three or four inches apart going 60 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. I could, 
yeah, can see th- that. <laughs> there's like this, this it feels more respectful, like in the men's fields to me. And I don't know if they're just like nicer to us because we're women, but like, it seems like they're giving, like everyone's giving each other space. Like they know that it's beginning of the race and there's, it's not going to like change the outcome at that point. Like, let's just be safe. So as scary as it was, it actually felt really safe. Um, Good. But yeah, I found myself in the second group. Um, probably like 20, 30 minutes into the race and I was in over my head still in that group. (laughs) Um, and about three (laughs) hours in got dropped by that group. Um, so I was with like four or five guys and got dropped by them like three hours in and yeah, you guys had coverage out there. Like I had a, a follow vehicle doing video and stuff. And so I was asking them you know, who, who was the next girl? How far back were they? Like, were they with a group trying to get all the information to figure out like what I should do? Cause now I'm just in no man's land riding my bike <laughs> all by myself. And yeah, I found out that Paige was coming with a group. So I decided just to like, just ride my own pace and just knew that they were going to come eventually because there's no way that one person can hold off multiple people like that. Especially really early, really early in the race too. So yeah, it was three hours of a nine hour race. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's a long, it was a long day. Um, Well, and like for perspective too, like the, the winning time, last year was like an hour faster with normal conditions, like normal conditions on the men's and women's side were over an hour difference. So this course this year was brutal hard because of the weather. So, um, or the rain mostly because it became, instead of being able to rest downhill, it became a pedal all the time, even downhill kind of race. So for sure. Um, so then uh, you met back up with Paige at one point, correct? Throughout the day uh, yeah, before so the maybe MMR? Yeah, Paige and a group caught me probably like two or three miles before the MMR. And, you know, at this point, like, I was regretting doing the race. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wishing... One of those days on the 75 was like, man, you know, if this girl beats me good on her, I just want to finish. Um, and then we hit that MMR and Paige ended up clogging up pretty early, um, on that road. And I made it until like literally like 20 meters to go. Um, so I barely had to walk. Um, so just the amount of time of like cleaning off my bike um was really all I was stopped and got back on and um was with one other rider and yeah we rode the rest of the way together did you I I don't know why I just thought of this did you see Matt at all through throughout the day did you pass him or was he ahead of ahead of you or behind you he He would have been way 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 ahead of you yeah so you would have never seen him never mind yeah I saw some of the um long voyage which that was cool you know, at that point, like at some point in the race, you start to see the long voyage coming in like the opposite direction. And then 
you start intermingling with the 75, which I, I always like that about gravel where, you know, you have this moment where like you're all alone and you see nobody. And then there's just like this joy of just like, oh, all these people out here suffering the same as me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I love it. And, the, and like people have different abilities too. Like the, yeah. no other genre of cycling do you get to have to get to pass people doing a 50k race that are just trying to finish first like pros and it's so cool thinking about all the kids that were probably out there on the 50k just watching you fly by them yeah (laughs) well and it's cool because everyone's like saying like we're telling them good job they're telling us good job and like you know we're all impressed with each other like i'm impressed they're out there doing it they're impressed i'm flying by them like i am and yeah i mean that's just fun and like what drives the energy at these events i literally mm-hmm. i literally just got goosebumps i like that's <laughs> awesome like that's i love it i love that's why i love putting on gravel events is because they're that community aspect oh i love that um so okay so you got through like checkpoint two uh which was right after the mmr about 40 miles left um and you you, you just held on as hard long as you could right for the till the finish yeah, I mean, I'd gone so deep those first three hours that I dug myself a hole to where, like, uh, I was just trying not to cramp. I was trying to keep pedaling my bike. Um, and you know that it's what helped me prepare for nationals because I was like, okay, you can't go ham like that at the beginning and expect to feel okay at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, having a women's only field, you know, definitely helped with that because like you didn't have this like large amount of people that had just like more strength than you and a higher ability than you where, yeah, a women's only field. Um, yeah, you're in a lot more control. That's really cool. Um, and th- so before gravel worlds, like what was your- you've mentioned it a couple times that this was like by far your longest ride before gravel worlds doing 150 and then two weeks later doing <laughs> 130 at nationals. What was your longest ride? Yeah. My longest race before this was SBT, um, the 140 mile there, oh, okay. but that okay. course is so fast. Like we did it in seven hours. Right. Wow. It's just that champagne gravel. Well, there's a lot of road. There's a lot of road on that too, isn't there? Isn't there like ten miles or fifteen miles of road, maybe? Probably, but even the gravel is like you could ride most of it. You could ride your road bike on. Oh wow! Okay, just really Um, good mountain roads. That's cool. And yeah, I mean, I've done like some crazy adventures with Matt. I mean, everybody knows he likes to just go bike packing and ride these like crazy distances and things like that. But I guess that's just like different, you know, we'll ride to, um, from Dallas to, um, uh, San Angelo pretty much every Thanksgiving. We've done it three times and yeah, it's like 400 miles over three to four days, depending on how we break it up. So like you're riding that same amount of time, but it's not that same intensity or, things like that so i feel like racing is like its own category when you're like the longest i've ever ridden yeah yeah riding and racing yeah for sure definitely i mean 150 miles of or 140 or 130 of 
ripping yourself apart versus oh yeah i'm, I'm bike packing we'll get there eventually is yeah. drastically different, <laughs> <So> different. <laughs> yeah which we do just you prefer get there I get... before dark <laughs> which which do you prefer do you prefer the chill or do you do you love the the pain i guess <laughs> Man, I just love riding my bike, you know, like they all have their place and their time. And yeah, I, I guess I, I do enjoy the suffering, um, but I also enjoy the adventure. That's all. Didn't you do like after Joe, uh, Joe Martin or something? Didn't you do like you did well at Joe Martin and then bike packed or something? Was that yeah, a thing the you last did? Two, the last two years we've ridden home yeah. from Joe Martin and <laughs> convinced some other people to go with us. Um, this year was the was pretty bad though because Matt ended up with COVID. Um, yeah, he rode so the whole way with COVID. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure I had it. I wasn't testing positive, but um, for the first time in my life. I looked over at Matt and I was like, I've never wanted to get off my bike and walk up a climb. Oh my oh, gosh. No. Your lungs were probably just yelling at you. Yeah. Like I could not. Yeah. I don't know how we survived. <laughs> That's so so cool. I wouldn't suggest and doing I th- that. <laughs> I think Matt told me there was also like, you had to like buy a tire from Walmart or something. Wasn't there some like, weird mechanical like (laughs) like on that adventure Um, two of the girls that came with us um they were on their race tires (laughs) not great Uh, for bike packing not great for bike packing and on the first day you know we're on the shoulder of a highway ripping it in a pace line and as we do on a bike packing trip because that is what you do um <laughs> and yeah, a girl like blew her tire out and we tried stitching it up and you know, doing all the things. But eventually we had to uh detour to a Walmart and buy a tire that Matt ended up having to ride because <laughs> oh, it wouldn't man. fit into that girl's frame. <laughs> what an adventure. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we've we've mentioned Matt a few times. Uh, we probably should say who that is. Um, he's your husband, your partner, um, but he's also a pro cyclist as well. He's won Unbound um, until this year when John tied him. John Borstelman tied him. He was the uh, had the most podiums at Gravel Worlds in history. So, um, yeah, he's 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 legend here too. So now you're you're both up here. So. Um, so yeah, John tied him this year for most podiums ever or overall podiums, I should say. So, um, what's it like being married to, with two pro cyclists and under the same roof? What's that like? I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, especially when we start doing the gravel stuff, you know, like we just made a big trip, um, out of coming to gravel worlds. We came there to Lincoln race gravel worlds. Then we just like looked on a map and wanted to go somewhere new that was not as hot as Texas. So we ended up in Spearfish, um, South Dakota. And when we got there, um, we were in a burrito shop and this kid asked us if we were there for the, the bike race. And Oh, I know where this is going. We just looked at each other and we're like, tell us about it. (laughs) Um, so 
it's a pretty big race. Um, the Dakota 5.0, um, it's a mountain bike race. And apparently it sells out in like two hours. Um, but yep. luckily I, I emailed the promoter and sent him my phone number and he gave me a call. And yeah, he let us in. So we did that um, in between Gravel Worlds and Nationals. And that Which was... you ended up winning it. You won Dakota 5.0. Wait, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. I missed this. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. You won a race between Gravel Worlds and Nationals? Yep. And I met Jenna, who got <laughs> um, fifth that was in my breakaway. She wow. has won it like the last like five years. And Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Kind of feel bad. She probably didn't know I was going to be there because I literally registered the day before so i wasn't on like any pre-reg list anywhere so she probably shows up to the line as like oh oh we got a we got a ringer here (laughs) but yeah met met jenna there which that was really cool to like start to meet some of the other gravel girls and things like that dakota 5.0 is is a mountain bike it's a 50 mile mountain bike what was your takeaway from dakota 5.0 did you love it I loved it. The course is so hard. 6,500 yeah. feet of climbing and 50 miles. And, they have a but, gravel race out there, too, That uh, in the spring? They ha- Well, yeah. So they have kind of a trilogy. They have the yeah. Pine Island Odyssey in June, which is the gravel race. They have Dakota 5.0, which is always Labor Day weekend. And then they have the Fat Bike Race, which is in January or February, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, there's a guy that wants me to go do that Fat Bike Race. It's pr- Yeah. They, I think it's February because it was like the week before we were out there. Perry and Christy Jewett put on an incredible they are incredible people um and just every event they put on it's like gold touched it it's so fun your dad won that race right um he's podiumed a few times at the it used to be called gold rush yeah Yeah. gold okay i always get the name wrong yeah that's right that's that's crazy i did not know that that's wildly impressive that (laughs) your rest weekend was winning a pretty big mountain bike race did you guys end up camping the training plan a little bit and fit it in (laughs) did you guys end up camping in that campground where everyone stays you know we didn't because you know matt had just done the long voyage so i decided he deserved a airbnb (laughs) even though we had our van and everything we, we rented a place so he could get some good sleep because he yes. also decided that I was doing a big training week that week between, and he decided to also train with me. So he just dug himself a bigger hole, but it was really nice to have a training partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. There, There is no place like the Black Hills up there near Spearfish. So you, yeah, you guys were lucky to train up there. At least you had some good views. Yeah, I mean, being from Texas, I had no idea. Like, it was, like, this hidden gem. Like, definitely, like, I've already been saying that, like, next year, because I heard that Nationals is in the same place. Like, I want to get, like, a crew to, like, just, like, do the same trip. Like, let's go do Gravel Worlds. Then I'll head up to Spearfish. And, I mean, the gravel riding, the mountain biking, it's all great up there. And then head down for nationals have they have they announced the date for nationals is it the same relative weekend like the weekend after labor day 
I would assume it's going to be the same. Like, I just heard it was in the same place for the next two years, which normally you also agree to the same date, but I can't. Yeah. I don't know for sure. That would be that would be cool if yeah, make a big deal about. It. I know there were there were it was it was kind of weird because we had some people that came to Gravel Worlds that wouldn't have if it wasn't for nationals, but then we also had some <laughs> that were made you know nationals their a race and so decided not to do gravel uh gravel world so um it was kind of i think it was probably like a wash for us on how it affected um our race but yeah it's it's pretty cool to have that race in in our state so um excited to to see more of it so um on the with with matt as well he he's also been like your mechanic as well for a lot of your road tour events and stuff so you've had a lot of opportunity to travel together um on the racing side what are some of the cool places you guys you guys have traveled um as like a pro couple yeah i mean he's come over to europe with me some and uh you know it's hard to say we just we've been so many places and like more and more we're trying to really enjoy the places we go and not just like go in race the bike get out of there and go to the next one. Um, so like even on this last trip on the drive between Spearfish and, um, and that is gearing. Um, we stopped at, uh, Mount Rushmore <laughs> to check <Yep>. that out. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, everywhere we, I can't say like the coolest place. Cause like if he's with me, that makes that place like so good. Cause like, oh, I always say, I hate cute. traveling. I hate going to Europe, but then like I go with him to Europe and I'm like, Oh yeah, I could do this. I can stay here. Like, <laughs> like home is when he's with me. So any place he's oh, with that's me. That's so sweet. Are there any times that you don't know where he is in the world or like he doesn't know where you are in the world? You just like forget <laughs> like what you lose track of each other. <laughs> um, we, we always know where each other are. Our parents probably don't and that that drives them a little crazy it's probably pretty hard to keep up with you guys how how do you guys like well i guess you don't you don't you don't have kids correct correct so that makes it easier because i i know like we when we talked with like ted and laura king they have like this very detailed spreadsheet of like who's on parent duty so that the other one can go train. Do you guys have to do something like that of like, or do you like, Hey, I got a training ride. Just come with me kind of deal. Or like, do you have to be like, all right, this is your time to go ride. Then I'm going to go. Like, how does, how does that balance part work? Yeah, no, we, we can just go whenever we want. Like our schedules are really flexible and, um, I would like to have more of like a schedule, but Matt likes to live in the moment. So we just find the balance and yeah. So he, he usually just kind of follows my schedule. (laughs) What is it like when you guys are both in an event together and you're both, you know, racing different distances, different races. What is it like to meet back up at the finish line? Like, do you have an idea of like, okay, he's probably going to win or I'm probably going to win. And what's, what are those conversations like at the finish line when you guys rejoin? Oh, I mean, I couldn't wait for him to get there at nationals. Like, you know, at nationals, we thought he would catch me because he started 15 minutes behind me. 
so we we assumed like his his group would catch me and they they did catch a lot of the girls but they didn't catch the front girls so i finish and i'm like uh oh no who do i celebrate with there's there's no one and then finally like when he came through you know he's just like looks over at me and i just give him the thumbs up and he just like went crazy so oh yeah i mean you just you you're out there you're a little worried about the other one so you kind of have that excitement when you do see them come through and then yeah you want to know how their day went and what happened and things like that so i'm more like i guess i i worry (laughs) when we're not like in the actual same race like when we're we're in the actual same race it's really nice because we're like together most of the day yeah it was funny uh talking to you i don't know if it was at the finish line or like at the long voyage start but you were you like at gravel worlds like your priority was matt and you were saying like yeah i was like Friday night because the long voyage starts Friday night and then the main race is Saturday and so you were like yeah like all day Friday my focus was like making sure Matt was ready to go getting him to the finish line and then like you didn't even look at the route until after the start of the long voyage for yourself right like you were just like 100% focused on him so uh, that like that's just such a strange like dynamic that no one else really has (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, like, my career, like, he's put so much of his energy into it. Like, he coaches me, he works on my bike, he, you know, is my supporter, he, like, everything. He's always, like, sacrificing his results or his training or his um, attention to his, like, his performances on me, and you know, this was Gravel Worlds. It was like one race that he was focused on this year. And like, well, I say that he was, but then I went to world championships in Glasgow just a couple of weeks before Gravel Worlds. And he came with me without a bike. And, oh man, you know, he rented a bike while he was there, but, you know, renting a bike and traveling and all that, he didn't get to like train like he wanted to for gravel worlds and so even but I still knew that this race was important to him and I just wanted to give back to him like as much as I could what he gives to me every day were you up late watching his uh dot tracker for the long voyage this past year or did you make yourself just go to bed I made myself just go to bed um I woke up to the thunderstorms though and so I got a little nervous but I still didn't check my phone. I just was like just just sleep. Just get ready for your race. You have to focus on yourself now. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh I love that. Um well and like I'll I'll say it. I've told you guys personally, but I love the way that you two talk about each other. Like I got to spend a lot of time with Matt um, crewing out in California for Christy Tracy. Um, and it's just really cool how supportive you guys talk about each other. Like there's no jealousy if the other one does well, like not saying that you should, but as like pro cyclists, like you're also like, I could see there being like a dynamic of jealousy there. If like one couple's doing better than the other one, but you guys are just always so supportive in how you guys talk about each other in private and together. So I compliment you on that. It's really cool that how you guys talk about each other. Thank you. 
So uh, next up, you have uh, the UCI Gravel World Series uh, in October. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They've just announced a new course. Um, they've released a description. I don't believe there's like a route route yet. Maybe I need to find that. Um, so it's still in the same area, um, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot more hilly, um, which will be good for me. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's good. Cool. And then what about the next year? What are your A races for 2024 that you have your eyes set on? Yeah. So this past year I was second at the time trial national championships, um, which really got me refocused um, on the potential of making the Olympic team. So yeah, this coming 2024, I'm really focused on trying to make the Olympic team and the time trial and the road race. Um, it's going to be a really difficult ask, but you know, that's what my focus is on. So I'm going to be racing the road for another year. Um, but as we all know, I love gravel. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to make those two work together. Um, but yeah, still sorting things out team wise and partnership wise. So I do have one surprise question that I thought of while we were, uh, interviewing here. Did you ever upload that big QOM in Colorado that yeah. you were waiting to hold off on? Yes. You did upload it. So now what, which climb was that? It's like two, like two massive ones. You have it going both directions. Yeah. So I have independence pass in both directions. And then I picked up Cottonwood pass out of Bella Vista, um, earlier this year that, um, Amy charity had since 2012. Wow. That's um, impressive. But yeah, so Matt wants me to go after like the top 10, like highest passes on so Strava. Like Pikes Peak, Pikes yeah. Peak, Goodness. Longs. <laughs> oh man. So one of, the, a lot of climbing. One, of, one of them's in Hawaii. So that'll be my last <laughs> one. Haleakwa, let hey, I'm going in December. I'm gonna be doing a fundraiser. Let's go together. Okay, so I gotta I gotta hustle on these others. Uh, well <laughs> or you could you could do that one and then go back. So Yeah, I just wanna make sure like I like I keep the other ones, someone doesn't come and steal them, and then I gotta go back to Hawaii and <laughs> I mean I guess if I have to go to Hawaii twice, it's not that big of a deal. Hey, I've I've been there multiple times. It's okay to go go back. So <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're, I'm doing a fundraiser in um, in November and late or early December with uh, cool. climbing climbing Haleakala and then going to raise some money with that. So excited! I'll be announcing that officially here in the next week or two. So um, pretty fun. If you want to come, that would be pretty epic. You could uh, you could we, we, maybe we drag talk. me up, drag <laughs> up, drag me up the mountain, put a little toe strap on my bike to get me up. <laughs> so we put a little talk. cart like they do for dogs. <laughs> Perfect. So, well, thank you so much, uh, Lauren. Really appreciate you as a person, your your demeanor, whether you win or lose. Uh, it's it's really cool to watch um, how you conduct yourself. You're very you're what we like to say a champion on and off the bike. So, really excited that you are officially in our history books forever uh, as one of our captains of the gravel seas. But before we go, Sophia always has one last question. Yes. So Lauren, what does the gravel family mean to you? Uh, community, um, support and fun. 
I love it. I love it. That describes it well. Three words. <laughs> Three words and out. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lauren, for your time. And uh, we will see you and follow and cheer for you on your next adventures. We'll see you next time. Woohoo. I'm Sophia. I'm Jason. And I'm Lauren. And this has been another episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. We will see you next time. This podcast was sponsored by Lauf Cycles. The Lauf Segla is a truly industry-leading gravel bike, boasting 57 millimeters of tire clearance, incredible rearing compliance, and the iconic Lauf fork with 30 millimeters of maintenance-free front-end travel. The Lauf Segla is one of the best all-around gravel bikes on the market. The Lauf Segla proves you can have comfort, speed, be lightweight, and still remain incredibly affordable. Lauf builds start under $2,600, and most builds are thousands of dollars less than similar builds of other brands. Lauf has supported Gravel World since 2016, and we're so thankful for their support of the Gravel Family Podcast. To order your Lauf Segla delivered directly to your door, please go to www.laufcycling.com. That's L-A-U-F cycling.com. Gravel Family Podcast is a Pirate Cycling League production. Gravel Worlds and Pirate Cycling League are owned and operated by Gravel Adventures LLC, Lincoln, Nebraska. For more information on Gravel Family Podcast, visit www.gravelfamily.bike. For information on Gravel Worlds or Pirate Cycling League, go to www.gravel-worlds.com.